When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the very first episode of the Know the Reason Why Preview Podcast here on the Land Grant Podcast Network. My name is Matt Tamanini. I am joined by somebody who normally is talking about men's basketball here in the feed, but Justin Golba stepping off of the hardwood and over to the gridiron. Justin, I'm looking forward to chatting with you every week about whatever game Ohio State is getting ready to play on Saturday. Yeah, you know, it's not basketball season yet, so we can talk a little football, and then, uh, you know, when it's basketball season, we can just do both. Yeah, that's that's the nice thing about being a site and a podcast uh, for Ohio State and a fan of Ohio State is, like, we can do both. Sometimes... You know, football is better considerably than the men's basketball team, but a lot of times the men's basketball team is at least interesting. Even last year when they weren't very good, they were an interesting team. Lots of stuff to talk about, whether or not they were good or not, but I do think both teams are in for some very good seasons. But what we're going to do here on Know the Reason Why, we're going to talk about whatever game Ohio State has coming up in a short 20 to 25 minute way. There are so many podcasts across the Ohio State podcasting universe. Some of them go really long and really in depth. And I love those podcasts. I listen to a lot of them, but they're long. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a preview where we talk mostly about Ohio State, talk a little bit about the opponent, but mostly just give you the nuts and bolts that you have to know to be prepared enough for Saturday's game that you don't feel like you uh, are going in completely blind, Justin, because a lot of people They got stuff to do. It's tough to follow every single thing about the Ohio State team. Some people just need a a good catch me up on Friday. So that's what we're going to try to do here on the Know the Reason Why podcast. But before we get into all of that, I want to let you know about an unbelievable contest that our friends at the Fans First Sports Network have going on. The Land Grant Podcast Network is part of the Fans First Sports Network. And Justin, are you an an NFL fan? Are you a Bengals fan or are you a Browns fan? I can't remember. Unfortunately, I'm a Browns fan, Matt. Yeah, because you're a you're a Reds baseball fan, though, right? Yeah, I, I I like the Browns, the Cavs, and the Reds. So you know, just a lot of pain. How did that happen? I just grew up liking the teams my dad liked, and he was he grew up closest to Cleveland, but he was a big Pete Rose fan. 
Fair. So, but oddly, he doesn't gamble. So, <laughs> well, what's great about this contest from the Fans First Sports Network is that they are giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. That's right. You can go with three of your friends or three people that you hate. I don't care who you take to any NFL game in week one for free. And the rules are simple. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You don't have to, you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You don't have to share things across a bunch of social media platforms. You don't have to post about it. All you have to do is go to contest.fansfirstsports.com Put in your email address, hit enter, and then you will automatically be registered to win four free tickets to any week one NFL game. So you can do that while you're listening to this. You don't even need to pause our podcast. Justin and I can keep talking in your ear holes. Go over to contest.fansfirstsports.com before September 4th, and you will be entered to potentially see your favorite team in person week one for free. All right, Justin, so Ohio State will take on the Indiana Hoosiers at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday, September 2nd on CBS. So that means that we have Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson on the call. Before we get into the actual game, how are you feeling about having to listen to Gary Danielson talk about Ohio State football this season? Uh, I'm not going to lie until you said it. I actually forgot it was on CBS. Um, I'm just so used to them being on Fox, you know, big Fox kickoff, but I think that's the Colorado game. So uh, I'm okay with it. I'm not as, I know a lot of people have like very strong opinions about like announcers and stuff. I don't have too strong of an opinion. A lot of times I'm working, so I have it on a TV that's off anyway. Like I don't, I'm not listening to the sound. So, um, I don't care too much, but it's going to be very, very weird tuning in at 3.30 on CBS. I'm sure I'm going to turn on the Colorado TCU game and think I'm turning on Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm old enough to remember when Gary Danielson used to do Big Ten games, and he was atrocious then, and he's only gotten uh-huh. worse ever since. So I am not looking forward to it. I like, I like Brad Nessler. I'm I love Brad who- Nessler. Oh, yeah, I will say that. I love Brad Nessler. Yeah, even going back to the old EA Sports video games, yep. him doing doing those with, with Kirk. I'm generally somebody who, like, I don't like most play-by-play and analysts like i think they're all kind of bad like there's a handful that are decent but gary's down at the bottom for me like the only person worse than him is like tim brando as far as i'm concerned who i think is tim brando is the absolute worst like you can listen to a broadcast of him and you're going to get more things wrong from him than you actually get right so yeah anyway all right so let's start a little bit with what people have to know about the buckeyes before we dive into indiana if you didn't realize this which i'm not sure how you could have missed it But on Tuesday, Ryan Day officially announced that third-year quarterback Kyle McCord will be the starting quarterback. However, true sophomore Devin Brown will also play, presumably. How much, we don't yet know. We don't know if Day is planning on doing it 50-50, if they're going to do a certain number of series each. All we know is that Kyle McCord will be the one to take the first snaps. Justin, this is, I mean, even dating back to like as soon as C.J. Stroud officially declared for the NFL draft, we th- assumed that Kyle McCord would be the starter, but this was a lot closer than most people assumed. When you look at that, do you think that that means that McCord wasn't as good as he should be to claim the position? Or do you think it means that Devin Brown was better than everybody anticipated? So it was actually closer going into the season. Yeah, I think I'm leaning the second one uh, that Devin Brown is just kind of really integrate himself into the offense a little bit, maybe quicker than they anticipated. I think that's the big thing. The two biggest talking points with McCord were obviously the five-star, but he was Marvin Harrison Jr.'s teammate in high school. 
and he's the experienced guy. You know, he's the guy that's at least taking some snaps for Ohio State. I think Devin Brown is taking literally one snap for Ohio State. While McCord, he should have played more last year. I think we all can agree about that. But he at least, you know, he played against it was Akron two years ago. You know, he's had some type of experience under the, you know, at least under the lights and whatnot. Um, I also don't think that it's a huge I, I know a lot of people kind of took away, oh, because they didn't name Kyle McCord the immediate starter, that means that Devin Brown either caught him in camp or Kyle McCord didn't look as good. I don't necessarily think that's really the, the what's happened. I think Ryan Day just knows, and we kind of saw this with CJ Stroud when he first became the starter. As much as we were staunch CJ Stroud supporters, you know, we that were, worked, yeah. there there were there were times where he looked a little off and you know, and that's to be expected for someone that's never taken a college snap. That's okay. You know, you, just a little bit of patience. I think what Ryan Day wants to see is both these guys in-game experience. How do they play against – while Indiana's not a good team, they're still a conference opponent and anything can happen in a conference game. You know, obviously you're going to take less away from the Western Kentucky and Youngstown State games. But I think he just wants to see both of them in that in that in-game atmosphere, how they connect with Harrison Jr. and Egbuka. I'm a little surprised maybe he didn't just sit down those two and say, who do you want? But um, that's probably not how this works, but it could be how it works. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, probably not how Ryan Day is doing it. But I mean, in his press conference, he said that there were times when Devin Brown might have pulled ahead and then Kyle McCord came roaring back. And it was just the consistency that McCord gives. And he did pull away in the last week or two. So that's encouraging that when it came down to the stretch, the guy that you ended up picking as your quarterback is the guy who kind of had his foot on the accelerator heading into the season. I have personally of the belief that it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, it matters, of course, who the starting quarterback is, but I don't know that there's enough of a difference between these two guys for to really make a huge deal. There are so many weapons that whomever is taking snaps has at their disposal. Like, you mentioned Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka, Julian Fleming, Carnell Tate, Cade Stover, all of the running backs, especially Trevion Henderson and Mayan Williams. Like there are so many guys that whoever is playing quarterback is going to have people to get the ball to. Yeah. So for me, it's it might not be six of one half dozen of the other, but they're going to be fine. Like these are two five star guys. They might not be the most experienced and they probably not going to be as good and as talented and as athletic as Justin Fields and CJ Stroud. But like, that's OK. It, it's fine. Just go out there. Don't make mistakes. Get the ball to the playmakers. You make good decisions. And I'm fine with that. And if that means that we aren't chucking the ball around as much this season as we have seen with CJ and with Justin, and that means Travion Henderson's getting the ball a little bit more. I think I'm OK with that, especially if Travion's, uh, Travion is, is healthy and the way they've been talking about it makes it sound like he's the reincarnation of like Barry Sanders. I'm fine with them handing the ball off a little bit more than we've seen in years past, Justin. Yeah, I've been talking actually with my dad about that. I think Trayvon Henderson is going to have an insane year. I really do. I think he's healthy. I think he's ready to prove himself again. I think people have kind of forgotten about him a little bit, and I think that's where he likes to be. I also think I'm kind of with, I don't think it really does matter who the quarterback is. I think they're going to finish top six in the Heisman voting because they just do. Because when Ryan Day is coaching quarterbacks, they just do. You know, I mean, you have Harrison Jr. and Buka who are going to be probably the top two receivers in the country. You have Cardinal Tate, who apparently, according to Marvin Harrison Jr., is like a better version of him, which is insane. Yeah. So I, you know, there's a lot of really talented quarterbacks. So me saying top six is probably a little bit presumptuous, but I do think that Ryan Day has a, if he's proven he can do anything, 
it's coached the quarterback position. So I'm not really ex- extremely worried about, you know, whether it's Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. These guys, they were both ranked higher than CJ Stroud and look what Stroud was. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Obviously, it all kind of just comes down to you know, the Notre Dame game. You know, you figure it out before Notre Dame and then you send a yeah. guy in there against Sam Hartman and see how he matches up because I think Sam Hartman's probably a top eight quarterback in the country, you know, maybe even better. So it'll be interesting to see whoever the starter is, how they match up against him and um, and just go from there. The biggest concern that I have on the offense going into the season is obviously the offensive line. There is, you know, I, I think based off of their draft status or not being drafted, if Luke Whipler and Dewan Jones had stayed in Columbus, now obviously Dewan Jones had a unbelievable preseason for the Browns and is looking like he is the real deal. He honestly, and we've heard this from a number of people, just kind of slept walked through his draft preparation and it really hurt him financially. But it sounds like everything's going great with him in Cleveland. But if one or both of those guys had stayed, like I think there could be an argument that they have one of the best offensive lines in the country. That's not the case right now. You've got Donovan Jackson and Matt Jones returning as starters. We know that Carson Hensman is going to be the starting center. The tackles have really been where there's been a lot of discussion during this fall camp, Justin, where we originally thought that Josh Fryer was going to be starting at left tackle just because he was the next guy up from the offensive line last year. He'd had a start at right tackle, and we just assumed that, okay, he has the most experience. The the guys he's competing with either have no experience or it's all at right tackle, which is where Josh Simmons played for San Diego State last year. So Fryer was probably going to be the guy to beat at left tackle. That's where he was to open fall camp at the first practice. But it wasn't more than a week before we started to hear that he had been moved back to right tackle, the position that he felt more comfortable with, the position that he was probably most naturally adept for. And that was actually Josh Simmons who was starting to take snaps at the left tackle position. That is where we are on a scale of one to 10, like how nervous are you about the offensive line, whether it's the starters or the depth or has everything that the, that the coaching staff has been talking about. They project been projecting a lot of confidence from those players. So like, are you nervous about the offensive line? Do you think it's like a huge issue or do you think it's just something that is a little issue, but they'll work through it because it's Ohio state and they've got a bunch of talent. Yeah. I think if I were to put my like tin foil hat conspiracy theorist cap on, which I don't normally do, but if if I did, it might be this is the reason why the quarterback competition is still up for grabs because they want to see this offensive line and how they can protect these two quarterbacks because, as we know, the quarterback's a little different. Devin Brown has a little more athletic ability to him, can get out of the pocket, can kind of make things happen with his legs, while Kyle McCord is a little more in the pocket. Let me take, you know, let me just throw the ball around and, and tear up defenses that way. So if they are, if the staff isn't as comfortable with the offensive line, maybe that's why they're giving Devin Brown a little bit of a push because they want to see what he can do with his legs. And if he, if the offensive line isn't great and they do force him out of the pocket, like I said, that's just a tinfoil hat kind of thing. But when it comes to like the offensive line and stuff, I'm, I'm not incredibly worried just because like you said, they're all still incredibly talented players. You know, it's just finding the right mix of where you want everybody, how everybody plays together. That's the biggest thing. How do the five guys you know, communicate and how do they play together and just reply. I mean, it's always hard when you replace two guys that are going to be NFL talents, you know, and that's where it, you just, you get into the the weeds a little bit. And obviously, you know, replacing Paris Johnson isn't exactly easy either. So, you know, you got a lot of, you got a lot of question marks, but I think that's why 
I'm a little I'm pretty happy the Notre Dame game is the fourth game this year, not the opening game, because you do have a little bit of room to work with and a little wiggle room there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That it brings us to the first part about Indiana that I want to talk about. We know that head coach Tom Allen is a defensive guy. We know he likes to get creative. He likes to, to be a little funky on that side of the ball. I imagine that with this being the first game of the season, and Ohio State's offensive line, at least on the offense, being the, the biggest question mark, that he is going to throw every single thing that he can possibly come up with at this newfangled, maybe potentially not cohesive unit, and um, whether that's stunts, whether that's bringing guys from different angles, whether it's moving guys around, I think that this is going to be a really interesting test for this offensive line, and probably a better test than if they had played Youngstown State or Western Kentucky first, because against them, like the talent is just such a differential that it, it really probably wouldn't have told you a whole lot. And while I think they're probably going to have, you know, a significant amount of more talent than Indiana, they're still power five players. And it's still a, a, a really good defensive coach in Tom Allen. So I think this is going to be an interesting thing where it's like, yeah, Ohio state's offensive line is still better than the guys that are going to, that they're going to be blocking, but they're good enough to like show where the cracks might be. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see, how they can kind of deal with anything exotic that Tom Allen sends their way. And, you know, it might not be great at first. And I'm okay with that. And I think that's the thing, just in a lot of the conversations that we have in our Lane Grant Slack channel is about, like, the fans are just, there's so many Ohio State fans and they're so passionate that there's always a core constituency in there that is going to be overreacting about everything. And sometimes we are the ones overreacting. But, like, I don't, think that this offensive line has to look perfect in week one to be a really good line. And I think Tom Allen, especially because there's no chance for Ohio State to really prep for this version of the Indiana defense because they have like 107 new starters on their team. So I think like this is just going to be a weird thing where they're going to have to just rely on their athleticism, rely on whatever training and practice and scheming that they have and just kind of go at it and do the best they can. And if they have some issues, correct them and move on and hopefully fix it over the next couple of weeks before they get to Notre Dame, because that's when things really start to pick up. Because once you get to Notre Dame, I mean, there's a couple ups and down weeks throughout there, but Ohio state probably has it's pretty brutal. It's a, yeah. I it, it, I don't know if it's the toughest schedule in the big 10, but I mean, it's currently number 18 strength of schedule in the country. So like, it's a really tough schedule. So get this shit figured out now. And, and you want to see where those pain points are, I guess is what I'm trying to say is like, you want there to be some cracks showing. So, you know, where to cement and cover over them and plaster them up. Right. And I think when it comes to stuff like that, it also depends on like what are the issues, right? If it's just communication stuff, if like they're not picking up a delayed blitz or two, stuff like that that you can fix over time with 
cohesiveness and as a unit you get more as you just play you you learn each other better those things are fine that's what you fix if they're like getting knocked on their ass by indiana okay something's probably wrong you know that's not that shouldn't be happening they should be obviously way more physical and way just better um so that's where i think you know it, it depends the overreactions and stuff can just kind of depend on what the issues are i don't think we'll see too many issues because like you said indiana's in a similar spot with their they have all new players so they're going to be trying to figure out things too and they're going to be trying to figure out how to play together. You know, their quarter, we can get into the quarterback discussion, but their quarterback's a redshirt freshman who's never played for Indiana. So they have a lot of, a lot of question marks as well. So I think that's kind of, I, I think they'll be fine. You know, I think there, there's overreactions from every game. You know, we saw that two years ago when they opened up with Minnesota and like damn near lost. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think this game's going to be anywhere near that just because Minnesota had Muhammad Ibrahima, who, you know, Indiana doesn't have, but. That was that's why I you kind of pointed out I like starting the season off with like a conference opponent. Yeah, I like just it. because even though even though they're not t- you're not playing Wisconsin or Penn State or anybody, you're at least playing a Big Ten team and you get to see some. They're going to expose if you have some weaknesses, they can expose some of them, you know, and they can kind of show you where some of the cracks might be. As if if you were to just throw in, I don't know, let's say an example of like East Carolina, for example. I'm not saying that for any any specific <laughs> reason. But uh, if, if, I mean, we play we young play, Ohio State plays Youngstown State next week, so let's not like if, throw stones here. <laughs> no, I'll say it if you add them in over Indiana and then play oh, yeah. Youngstown State or Western Kentucky, you're not you maybe aren't learning as much going into that Notre Dame game. So I'm obviously kidding, you know, but that's where I do like at least playing somebody like a conference opponent before Notre Dame because they might be able to expose some of those weaknesses that you can, as you said, you have two, you have three weeks after that to fix. Let's move over to the other side of the ball. And and I truly believe that Ohio State is going to be a top 10, potentially a top five defense this year. I think the talent accumulation over the last few years is real. There was a couple seasons there when Ohio State went through a, a, a really gnarly run of defensive coordinator decisions. One, I think... Jeff Halfley did a great job in his year, but he was gone so fast that like his recruiting impact was actually probably negative because people got excited. And then when he left other, you know, recruits left. So I, but I, but I think over the last couple of years, they've really started to, to put some really top level talent worthy of the silver bullets name on this roster. And as you look at it, the defensive line looks really good. It looks set with veteran players and also has some young talent. The linebackers, well, I don't know that I would say Steel Chambers or Tommy Eichenberg are like the flashiest, sexiest linebackers that Ohio State has ever had. They're really good. And then if you throw in C.J. Hicks kind of rotating in along with Cody Simon, they've got players at that second level. And then you get to the secondary where that was really the problem last year, especially on the outside with the corners. And the last couple games, I think the, the, the safeties went from being pretty good to being pretty bad. But... It seems like Knowles has figured out what he wants to do with the safeties and just is going to let Sonny Styles be the freak that he is. On the corners, I think everyone's healthy, and that's really what the big difference is between last year and this year. So I think the defense is going to be really good this year, and I'm really excited to see that from an Ohio State team, which we haven't seen in like three, four years. But if you look at the defense at whatever level, 
who is the one player that you are most excited to see this year? Is it a veteran like JT Tui Malowau? Is it a freshman like Malik Hartford, perhaps? Or is it Sonny Styles getting the first chance to really be an impact player for this team? Who's the guy that you're looking at and saying, this is going to be somebody who takes the Ohio State defense to the next level? Yeah, there's two guys. When you say that sentence, takes the Ohio State team to the, or the defense to the next level, it's Sonny Styles. I just think what you've heard from Cam from him, everything you've seen, even his like small highlights that he had last year, it's just him flying around the, the field. He's obviously just uber athletic. Um, I think that he can just bring kind of that edge maybe that the secondary hasn't quite had. You know, he's going to play the nickel for uh, Jim Knowles. And I think it's just nice. You know, I know Knowles took a lot of heat for the Michigan and the Georgia games last year, but you know, it's his first, I mean, any it's his first year in a in a program. I'm just excited to see what the changes he's made are with the second year. And the other player I'm excited to see is Denzel Burke. You know, I think that a lot of people have kind of really forgotten about him. I think that he's still an incredibly talented corner. You know, just last year, obviously, I don't think he played as bad as people kind of said he did, but he, he obviously wasn't great. But I think he just came in with so many expectations because of how good he was his freshman year. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I think that, you know, the good, kind of the weird part about the Big Ten is you play a lot of good teams, but you don't play a lot of like great receivers. Yeah. Like outside of like Buka and Harrison Jr., I don't know. Like maybe, Maryland's got some good receivers. I think Maryland's when we play couple, Maryland. Yeah. 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 Maryland would be interesting. Um, we talked before this. Penn State has Dante Cephas coming in from Kent State, who's in a thousand yard guy. So, I mean, there's a couple. Obviously, Michigan has a couple, obviously, talented guys, but, you know, you're not playing like in the SEC. It's week in, week out. You're playing an NFL receiver. Um, he's not doing that. So I think it might be easy for it might be a little bit better for him to get into his role early. And, you know, Indiana, he's not going to see anybody crazy. Notre Dame, their question marks are literally their receivers. So I think it'd be nice for him to maybe get four or five games under his belt before that Maryland game before, you know, they see Penn State and whatnot. So he can really get comfortable this season. So at this point, technically, we do not know who is going to be starting at quarterback for Indiana. You mentioned earlier it is probably going to be a redshirt sophomore transfer. So what is the word on the street as to who is going to be behind center for the Hoosiers on Saturday? Yeah, it's so funny because Tom Allen would be driving Ohio State fans nuts because all Ohio State fans want to know for the past two weeks who's starting. Tell us who's starting. Tell us who's starting. At least Ryan Day did. Tom Allen is not. He said he knows who the starter is. He's known for a week now but he will not be telling anybody until they trot out for their first possession on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be Taven Jackson more than likely. He's a red shirt, maybe freshman, maybe sophomore from Indiana, from Tennessee, uh, Tennessee transfer. Once Joe Milton kind of went over there, he, he decided his time was up in Knoxville. So he, uh, he came to Indiana. Dexter Williams started four games for them last year, but he's still nursing a knee injury. And they said, he's going to be out for the first probably month. So it looks like it'll be Taven Jackson. And it, he's a young guy that didn't really play at all at Tennessee, hasn't really hasn't played at all at Indiana. So it can kind of make for an interesting matchup when you're playing quarterback, you have no tape on. But also, you know, he's a young guy who doesn't have a lot of weapons around him. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, as you said, the Ohio State defensive ends and the Ohio State line and the linebackers, they're going to be itching, you know, early to kind of make their mark a little bit. And I think that a way to do that is to put him on the ground a couple of times early. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I know they said they had it. They had a uh, a really strong quarterback battle as well. Uh, whether or not they go to Brendan Soresby or not, or let Taven Jackson just kind of fight through whatever he goes through on Saturday, we'll we'll see. But um, it'll be interesting. It, I'm curious to see if if they just let Jackson go no matter what, or if 
you know, maybe they do the same thing Ohio State does and and bring in both and just see what they have. Taven Jackson was a fairly decent prospect coming out of, of high school when he committed to to Tennessee. He's from Indiana originally, like you said, but he was a, he was a four-star guy, a top 200 guy. He actually went up in the rankings a little bit uh, as a transfer. So if I'm an Indiana fan, I want to go with the young guy. If I'm Tom Allen, though, you have to go with the guy who you think has the the highest floor because if Tom Allen doesn't have a decent season, he very well could get fired. So he's going to look for the guy who has the best opportunity to be decent, I think. But for me, as a, as a fan, somebody who is not financially invested in the success of a certain team, and I try to make it a point to not make Ohio State's on-field successes or failures my entire personality. So like, while it sucks when they lose and while it's great when they win, it doesn't actually impact the, the day-to-day operations of my life. I want to go with the young guy because I think that means he has the higher ceiling and you can get to something that that could be great by letting a guy cook early on who otherwise might be sitting behind somebody who is still in your program because he hasn't been great and hasn't had a chance to move on to the next level. And he's just there and he's good and he's competent, but he's not super special. So, you know, I, I think that this game is going to be a weird one. It's, you know, I think throughout the season, we're going to talk a lot more about the opponents, especially as they get into big 10 season than um, we are this week, Justin, but like, it's just hard to judge because I think at last count, Indiana had 25 guys transfer in. So that's a quarter of your team. And I, who knows how many of are going to start, how many of are going to, are, are going to be, you know, on the two deep, but it's really hard to preview a team, a conference team, especially when you just don't know who's going to play. Yeah, and I think that's what always makes the first week interesting. You know, you always see guys that, you, you know, you look at USC who just played and Zachariah Branch, who was a freshman and obviously a highly touted one. He was a top five recruit in the country, but he came yeah, out. Ohio like State really wanted him too. Yeah, <laughs> he came out at like 300 all-purpose yards. And it's like, it's hard to kind of plan for those guys because they, you don't have tape on them. You don't really know exactly what they're going to be. So Taven Jackson, there's a lot of talent there. And I think that's why you go with him over like a Brandon Soresby who might be decent but you know like you said jackson's floor is higher right he can make some plays he might be able to actually you know for a high state defense that should be really good but has shown flaws in the past maybe you know make a couple big plays and get the crowd at least you know this game's at indiana so get the crowd into it a little bit early who knows you never know in, in a conference game so i think that's the fun of it that that's why i like opening these games with no matter who it is a conference opponent or many seasons i should say all right justin let's wrap up what is your prediction for the score of Saturday's game? Ooh, prediction. Uh, I think predictions are always fun. I would say I do. it's the first game, you know, so I do think you always have to keep that in mind. I would say 42 to 14 in that range is something similar. I do think Indiana will get a couple on the board. You always have to take into account if, if it's a blowout, you know, they might get a garbage touchdown or whatnot. I'd say 42 to 14, maybe 45 to 14. I'm not sure Ohio State's going to put up 70 just because with, I don't know what they're going to, I don't know how the quarterback situation is going to play. out. I don't know if, if they're going every other drive, every other quarter. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. So it's hard for me to think they're going to score like 70 points, but and it's a conference game, you know, they're not playing Bowling green. So I'll say, I'll say 45 to 14 to be, to be uh, exact. Yeah. I'm in the same area. I'm going to go 53 to 13. I just think Ohio state has, 
so many offensive weapons that even with the new clock rules, which the clock doesn't stop on a first down, I, I think that they're going to have enough plays. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be enough plays for Ohio State to score a lot of points. And I, I just feel like the the number of plays they lose because of the new timing rules the defense is going to make up for by not giving up as longer drives. So I think they're still going to have, I I think they'll still have actually more offensive plays this season than they did last season, but that's going to mostly be because the defense is going to be significantly better. So I'm going to go 53 to 13. You know, it might even be a thing where it's like 53 to six. And then the second or third team, for Indiana gets a garbage time touchdown to get into double digits. All right, so that's a score prediction. We were both fairly close in in you know semi blowouts for the Buckeyes. Do you have a prediction on like what the biggest storyline is or who the biggest uh, the breakout player of the game is? Anything like that as to what you think is going to be what we're talking about coming out of this game? So I think the inevitable thing we're going to talk about is the quarterbacks. You know, just whenever you start two, you're going to have a conversation about who people thought played better. God forbid one of them throws a pick. You know, that'll be fun on Twitter, I'm sure. I'll make a prediction, a pretty specific prediction, though, of what we could be talking about. I think Trayvon Henderson will run for three touchdowns. Mm, That's interesting. I think if he does that, I think. Now, granted, it just depends on they could play five running backs in this game. I have no idea. But I I do think, you know, they're going to try to run the ball a little early and, you know, maybe just give him a little more confidence. I think he'll run for three touchdowns. I I like that. I like where your head's at there. My only concern is that they might – they they might like fantasy point vulture him and like he runs it all the way down the field and then he yeah. gets pulled for like Mayan or Chip to to drive it in because they don't want to beat him up too much. Although to be quite honest with you, like you get inside the fifty. I mean, not really. You can get just he, Trey can bust one from anywhere. But I, I th- that's the only hesitation for me there. Like I could see him going for one hundred fifty yards easy. I don't see him going for like two hundred or doing like what. J.K. Dobbins did to Indiana in his rookie season in his first game just because one like you said they've got more backs but I don't think they're going to need him like I, they're just, I think they're going to blow him out so he's not going to need to to play that much but I, I very well could see him going for a buck 50 and, and three touchdowns is not out of the realm of possibility I just don't know if they're going to use him that much and in that way I think my prediction is that the defensive line is going to look scary. And I think however you want to measure that, I don't know. In you know, in the past few years, we've talked a lot about like Zach Harrison and, and even JT Twingmalow have gotten to the quarterback, but haven't gotten the quarterback. They've they've put pressure on him, but they haven't been able to get home. And part of that is the game of college football has changed. Quarterbacks are getting the ball out of their hands much quicker. Part of it also, though, is the fact that the secondary has sucked and quarterbacks don't have to hold on to the ball as long if the coverage is not very good. Uh, Wide receivers can get out of their breaks. Wide receivers have separation that they can throw the ball. I think because Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock and Davis and Igbignosin are all healthy, all seem to be improved from where they were last year. You know, Davidson was at um, was at Ole Miss. But I think that's going to make a huge difference, and I think it's good that Jack Sawyer's back to playing actual defensive end. I think Kenyatta Jackson is going to get some run as well. And when you throw JT in there, I think they're going to get home. I don't know if it necessarily means that they're going to have like eight sacks in the game or something, but I think that the defensive line is going to prove 
that they're a force to be reckoned with, especially when not only do they have great exterior edge rushers, but they've also got a pretty solid middle with Mike Hall and whoever lines up next to him, whether it's Ty Hamilton or Tyleek Williams. Tyleek is obviously probably the better athlete between him and Ty, but it's the work ethic and the body composition um, and, and strength and conditioning that is always a question for Tyleek. And he's been beat up during the fall camp as well. So he's only been back for another week or for a week or so. But I think the defensive line is, is going to be uh, is going to have a significant impact on what Indiana is able to do, at least while the first team is out there. Yeah, I will say this is the most excited I've been about Ohio State defense since the 2019 team. Uh, that was just insanely loaded just because of, I think, the I think the ceiling of this defense is really, really high. Like you said, a top five or ten defense in the country. So I'm really excited to see the guys like Sonny Styles, CJ Hicks, you know, all, all the young guys and then the transfers as well. Just get in the mix and see what they can do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grants Know the Reason Why podcast. Justin, you and I will be back immediately after the game on Saturday to do an instant recap and a breakdown. So stick in the podcast feed. If you are finding this somewhere else in the world on LandGrantHoyland.com or somewhere else, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are doing one, two, sometimes three different podcasts every single day throughout the college football season with different voices and perspectives that you won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. Also, if you like what we are doing, please make sure that you leave a rating and review. We still have some old negative reviews from a much different era of the Land Grant Podcast Network with completely different hosts that do not reflect the work that I think we are doing today. So any positive reviews and ratings you could leave would be much appreciated. You can follow me on social media at BWWMatt. You can follow the podcast on Twitter slash X, whatever, at LandGrantPods. And you can follow the site at LandGrant33. Justin, are you on Twitter or is it just the Bucketheads account? Because you've been a little in and out of the social media here lately. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to get back on Twitter. My full-time job, I work at AmateurGolf.com. And I'm going to start trying to plug some of the stuff I've been doing and some personal stuff. So... I'm on Twitter at Justin underscore Gold, I think. I always yes, get it wrong. You got an underscore. And then also, and also, if you want to follow, if you're a college basketball sicko and want to come over and follow us at Bucketheads, it's Bucketheads LGPN. I always think there's an underscore, but there's not. Nope. And, um, you know, we just did an interview with the head ball coach himself, Chris Holtman, so you can come over and check that out as well. It was a great interview. This is the second time you guys have talked to him. Uh, I think it's been the last two summers, right, where he's come on and kind of talked about everything. It was a great conversation. I, I was super impressed by how open he was and willing to talk about players, about his process, about the highs and lows of last season, Taylor Swift, donuts, a little bit of everything. He talked about everything. It was a really, really great interview. So I, I think that Ohio State fans who have been on the fence a little bit about Chris Holtman, I think it's been pretty uh, pretty well known that everybody at Lane Grant has been more or less Holtman stands since he got here. But I think that this interview really shows you why, because he's an open guy. He He's very thoughtful about everything that he does. And I think that this year's team is going to be really good. Do I think that they're going to be a Final Four team? Probably not. But I think they're a top, they could be a top four or five team in the Big Ten, don't you think, Justin? Yeah, we, uh, me and Connor talked about our preseason rankings earlier, and I had them third, he had them fourth. So we, we think they're at least a double by potential. Love it. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.